Welcome to the Rebel Entrepreneur Coaching Series, and this week we find out how Christina got on sending out those sales emails, following up with calls, did anyone buy, what happened, did she get any responses, and we're going to talk about farming and hunting, getting referrals from your network, telling your network about what you're doing, and more. And if you want to follow on and see the visuals of Christina's tiny campaign, you can go to freshprintmedia.com forward slash rebel and check out the images. The extraordinary belongs to those that create it. Rebelling against business plans and debt, rebelling against what society expects of us to build cool businesses, make money, have fun and do good. Let's create something extraordinary together. Welcome to The Rebel Entrepreneur. So welcome back to the show, Christina. How are you? I'm great, Alan. How are you? I'm good. I'm in Germany at the moment, so I am enjoying lots of German sausage and enjoying the sunshine as well, surprisingly. Where are you? I'm still in Los Angeles. Lots of sunshine, but we also smoke from fires, so that is not ideal. It's not ideal (laughs) at all. Uh, So look, this is actually our fourth call together now, isn't it? Yes. So let's start with what was the purpose of us getting together for this coaching? Like, where do we start out? Started out because I was having trouble with, you know, getting new clients and the concept of sales and how to do that for my business. So the objective was to win new clients for your business. Yes. And in call one, we kind of identified who it was you wanted to get, which was mainly drinks manufacturers, wasn't it? Basically, yeah. Yeah. And that was the target audience. We discussed the Dream 100 strategy and getting going. And if any of you listening haven't heard those first episodes, it's well worth going back to listening to uh, see where we've gone. And then over the next couple of calls, you have created a set of emails, you've reached out to companies, you've made a set of phone calls, and we were going back to do that again this time, weren't we? Yes. So what's happened? So I have a third set of emails I sent. I believe you saw that was like with the miniature whiskey bottle and sent that out. I don't know what's going on in the world because I got a few automated emails back. It looks like some people may have been laid off, (laughs) which I guess, I guess is, uh, is what happens in this day and time. So Really on my my list is to build a second list because I've been doing 25, which now at this point I feel like has been whittled down to just under 20. So I need to do a second list and I want to kind of take what I've learned and choose those next people using that. I haven't gotten anything from this marketing campaign yet. However, I know I can keep adding people. I can fine tune who I'm targeting and I need to do more emails since you said that seven is what it sometimes takes to get that's the magic number. So I, you know, I've been doing this whole silly miniatures campaign. Well, it turns out that miniatures are hard to find these days. I don't think people are doing <laughs> I don't think people are doing dollhouses like they used to. So I did actually just in the mail yesterday get some stuff that I had ordered. So I have new miniatures, so we should have the next series of emails shortly. Awesome. Uh, yeah, I went to the craft store and it was like nothing. I was like, oh no. <laughs> uh, but we're working on that. But in the meantime, I have actually picked up a couple clients and one that I'm pitching to. So that's good. So where um, did those clients come from? 
So one of them came from Upwork and he's, it's actually more food photography, but hired me for a shoot. It went really well. And now we're working on a series of like e-recipe books that he's doing. So I've actually been working a couple shoots a week for him. And then, yeah, so it's kind of a nice, nice little thing. And then the other one is actually something I'm really excited about. And I hope this pans out, but she knows me because I've been consulting on a startup, a drinks startup they're doing. And she also runs a marketing company that primarily does beverages. And so she reached out to me to do some holiday recipes and photos for a glassware company they represent. But, you know, obviously that could be a great thing, but it could also be good because her company primarily represents and works with beverage brands. So that's kind of where I've been picking things up lately. So you've got two new clients and it's always interesting when you do a sales and marketing activity. It tends to be something that you do for a while and then all of a sudden business comes, but it doesn't always come from where you think it will come from. It's quite interesting like that. You do a range of activity and then it's interesting to see where that comes. I think last call we spoke about sharing some of these campaigns on social media as well, didn't we? Yes. And I need to, I haven't pulled the trigger yet on LinkedIn, but I really need to share it on there. So I shared, and this was a couple of weeks ago too. I shared one of the photos I took, I think of the tiny watermelon on my Instagram story. And a friend of mine who actually works for a beverage company just messaged me, you know, weeks later. So just recently and said, I need more tiny things. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, what? He's like the watermelon. And so I sent him my, I was like, are you ready for some major cheese? And so I sent him my um, <laughs> images and he's like, oh, I needed this today. So I was like, okay, they, they bring other people joy and amuse other people. So I need to share these on LinkedIn. I, I don't know what's why I'm scared to do it. I'm kind of scared to do it, but I don't, I don't know why, but That's I'm going to just do it. Yeah. I what do you think? Is it the people's response or what do you think it is? I just, I think there's like some lingering imposter syndrome and it stems somewhere from like some of the, I just, you know, I think there's certain people that are out there in my network that I'm like, oh, they're going to be like, who does she think she is? Like, you know, and I need to get over that because that's their problem. That's definitely their problem. Definitely their problem. But I can understand that because it's a real thing. When you put yourself out there, other people are going to judge you. That's going to happen. Yeah. Well, and the reality is that I'm probably judging myself more than anyone else is anyways. You know, like, why am I so worried about it? Because I'm making up stuff that hasn't happened yet. Yeah, absolutely. And it tends to be that we are our own harshest critics. And most people are not half as harsh as we actually are. But our own harshness puts us off doing it because we imagine people saying the things we're thinking, and then we stop doing it. The only way to get over it, though, is to start putting it out there and to find out actually you don't get those responses. And I'm so glad you got a positive response on Instagram when you shared it. That's fantastic. Yeah, it was surprising. And I was like, oh, okay, I do need to get these out on on everywhere. (laughs) Have you followed up with that friend and told him what you're working on, him or her, what you're working on at the moment and what you're focused on? Yeah, he does. He knows. So I actually do some work for his company off and on. They hire me for kind of like some recipe content and and photo content already. 
Cool. So it's already with them. Have you ever asked him the question, is there anyone else you think I should speak to? No, I haven't. But that is a good, because he does know a lot of people in the industry. Yeah. And it's really interesting when you get into industries like this, it's actually a very small world and everyone tends to know everyone. So it's really fascinating. If you start to ask who else should I speak to? Where should I go? What should I do? You never know what will come from those questions. Yeah. And I need to start asking those things so I can meet the people that are more on the marketing side. Cause I know the people that are on the, the brand ambassador side, which I've learned is a different it's just a different part of the business. They might need little like content here and there, but as far as like those big ongoing contracts, that's through like a different part of the company altogether. So they might know those people, but they probably aren't those people. So I need to start asking and saying, who are these people that make these decisions? Introduce me. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Please. Can you introduce me? Send me a message. I think that's absolutely the way to go forwards. And it is incredible who you end up speaking to. Do you have a list of your current clients or contacts in the industry? Uh, not really. Not like formatted and made beautiful. It's just, <laughs> it's just floating around and like, I mean, I have a list of my clients that I'm kind of more ongoing with. Everything else is just in email or here and there. Because one of the things we could absolutely do is go back to those clients you've worked with, speak to them, check in with them, and then ask them who else that you should speak to. That would be a great next step because you kind of got two aspects to sales. And for a very crude analogy, you've got hunting and farming. Yeah. And hunting's when you're charging out there and you're sending new emails and you're going for people you've never spoken to before and you're out there on the attack trying to find people and you're having fun, you're talking to new people. Farming is, you've already got a whole list of people you've done work with. Can you cultivate those relationships and find the opportunities within them? And actually, we want to be doing both each week because, well, sometimes the easiest business comes from the farming side because they already know you and trust you. But we still need to do the hunting because it adds in new clients and expands the base of clients over the years. So we've got to mm-hmm. do both. Like With that concept of farming, how much farming do you think you do each week? Uh, I don't think I do much, and I definitely don't do it consciously. You know, I definitely share out on projects, and I touch base because some of my clients are people that I've worked with in different capacities before when I was in the beverage world you know, as a bar manager. And so I have a relationship with them anyways. And so I check in on them in general, but I don't think I've asked targeted questions that would help me like meet the next person. So yeah, I don't think I really have cultivated a habit of farming. It's more just like, oh, well, we like what we get from her and we are going to go back when we need another thing. And I stay in touch, but I've not really, there's been no conscious thought behind it. Well, it's great that you're staying in touch. And I absolutely love that. The one thing I would say to you is the quality of the question you ask will directly determine the quality of the response you get. So if you just kind of say, I'm checking in, how are you? Yeah, they will tell you how they are. Yeah. If you check in and say, what are you working on? Mm. that's a different question and could bring up opportunities because you'll be able to hear the projects they're working on and maybe suggest ideas. You could ask, 
what are you going to be working on next? You could ask, what's the biggest pain in your neck? But a targeted question will get you different information. You could ask, who else should I speak to? Are there any other areas of your business that are starting new marketing campaigns? Are you launching any new products? There's all sorts of different questions you could ask to be able to engage and find opportunities that already are within your existing network. Sorry, I'm making notes. I never apologize for making (laughs) notes. I feel like I'm successful when people write things down uh, because that's exactly what I do. You've got to write it down and then take action on it. Absolutely. I never really, and it's stupid now that I think about it, I should have considered this, but I never really considered how I interact with and cultivate existing clients, you know, as far as growing with them or growing through them versus just taking things when they come to me with them. Yeah, because there's absolutely, some of your clients are actually quite large and there's all sorts of different parts of their business that are doing different things. And I definitely learned that. One of my early clients was Microsoft and I ended up doing work for one small division. And it took me some time to realize this is a company in the UK with three and a half thousand staff and I'm working for one small division. There's an entire business there that I can, if I'm delivering good value, they know me and they trust me. I can ask for referrals. I can go to different departments. I can search for different places. And when I figured that out and started saying, who else should I speak to? Where else should I go? It was amazing the work that came from it. And it was the same client. Yeah. That makes sense. So it sounds like we have a plan. How do you think you're going to approach this? Because I'm a very kind of organized, like I like things, <laughs> I like things in tables and spreadsheets. I think I want to make a spreadsheet of clients and maybe even people that I've pitched stuff for before that didn't hire me and make a list of everyone and kind of what their company is and what projects they've got going on and then kind of reach out strategically, you know, still keep it casual, but say, oh, hey, how did that thing pan out or what's what's next? I think that's a great idea. And then making notes each time you call them, you'll actually get to know what's going on in their business over the period. And that will lead to all sorts of opportunities. So I love that kind of organization, having a spreadsheet to people, having a list. I think that's fantastic. So yeah, let's do that. That I think is the perfect way to do it is to let's create a list of the existing customers and the people you know in the industry, make a few notes, and then let's start ringing them and asking them those questions. Okay. Cool. And then let's just finish off the, because we're halfway kind of through a marketing campaign. Yes. And what we don't want to do is send a few emails, go, I haven't got the results yet, and then ditch it halfway through. Right. Because... It tends to be the real success comes later on and people just stop a little bit too soon. So I feel as though we need to push on and keep marketing to these 25 and expand it, as you've said. I agree. Um, So what do you think should be the plan for you on that side, the more the hunting end of sales? I think I need to, you know, continue with the ones I have. I have the little um, miniatures now to do my next round of photos. So I think for the weekend, my goal is to shoot. I have three done. I want to shoot four more. So that's seven in total. So that I already have them ready to go. Because one awesome. of the things that, that happens is I get really busy and 
then if it's not ready to go, then it takes me a couple days later than I wanted to, to get the emails out. Yes. So this weekend I want to do all, take all four sets of photos, make my cheesy little graphics with their cheesy taglines, <laughs> um, you know, write a draft of each email, which I'm sure will kind of change as I, as I actually get there, but at least have it more or less ready, not being worried about it being perfect, but just getting it done so that I can send them on, on time. I love that. And you already have the first three emails. So if you expand the list to another 25 people, we can yeah. start immediately with the first three emails and develop from there. Exactly. Cool. Um, so what I, I've got to know, what are the new miniatures? I have to uh, know, Christina. <laughs> so we kept in, so this is actually feedback from my friend as well. He's like, I love the Bloody Mary. I love the whiskey bottle, especially because he knows what I'm going after. He's like, the melon was cute, but didn't resonate as much with me. So I'm going to do some more drinks. I've got some insanely tiny bottles of wine. <laughs> they're, they're really ridiculous. And then I got a whole slew of all sorts of little tiny glassware. And they're they're so ridiculously tiny. It's I don't know what I'm going to do yet, but I, I can only imagine. And then I also have some... Um, some little, like I have a little shark. I was going to, I was thinking of doing some sort of like social media shark kind of or something, but cool. I have some little, I have a couple little animals, but I was thinking the shark would be funny. I love that. So, so the audience listening to the podcast, can they see the miniatures you've already created? Cause you added them to your website, didn't you? Yes. They're going to be on freshprintmedia.com and you go to portfolio on the drop down. There will be a rebel entrepreneur portfolio. Perfect. So do, if you're listening to the podcast right now, go check out Christina's work. You can see what we're talking about. You can see what we're sending to these companies. And we're going to be discussing next time how we get on with this. So I feel like, Christina, correct me if I'm wrong, we've got three different elements that we'll check back in. And if it's all right with you, we'll speak again in two weeks. Um, yes. But the three elements are number one, the farming, so making a list of existing customers and having a chat to them and asking some of those targeted questions. Yes. Number two, LinkedIn. And I feel like that's something you could just hit publish today on the first one and just put it out on LinkedIn and see what response you get. And then yeah. number three is the campaign, expanding the Dream 100 list by 25 people and then working on the next iteration. Yes. Cool. Okay. Are you happy to get on with those bits? And what what else do you need to make this easier for you? I have a question. So I wanted to know, is it because right now with all the emails, I've been doing them one by one by hand. Is it a bad idea to use any sort of email software program? Because I know some of them like MailChimp will get stuck in spam, like it detects them more easily than just a straight email. But is there a way to like streamline this process or is it best to just do them one by one? So I love that you're thinking about automating it. Absolutely. And we've been thinking about the same thing for our business. MailChimp, you are right. We have a MailChimp thing and spam filters definitely take MailChimp emails and put them in a different folder. So it's less likely to get through. Yeah. with emails business to business, the key is personalization. So people need to see their name at the top mm. and what they're doing. You can do a mail merge depending on what piece of software you have got. What do you use to send your emails? 
Just Gmail in the browser. <laughs> just Gmail in the browser. So there mm-hmm. is a way with Gmail to mail merge with an Excel spreadsheet. Okay. Um, so that you can have the name, set the email up. So it always says, dear Jane, dear Jeff, dear Freddie, whatever it is at the top, then puts the body of the email and sends it. It's not awesomely easy to do, but it is possible. And that will speed things up. So doing that kind of mail merge will definitely speed things up. But I think avoiding something like MailChimp when you're doing business to business and cold marketing, mm. I think is a good thing. If you had a mailing list where people were opting in and then expecting a MailChimp type response, I think yeah. it works perfectly. It's beautiful for that stuff. But for cold outreach, I would avoid those types of softwares and find a way to do it from your actual email address because it's got to look 100% personal if it's going to have any chance of response. Okay. Yeah, I didn't know if that was the case, but I'll look into the mail merge because that might help a little to speak It would definitely save you some time, yes. Yeah, because I've been definitely struggling with, you know, I work full-time and then try to also do everything and keep on, <laughs> keep, keep on track, keep on a consistent schedule. And that, you know, so... Any little things like that would probably be helpful. Yes, it'll reduce the time. And I think one of the other things you can do is to schedule out the calls so that you're not doing them all in one day or at one point. So if you could send five emails and then make five calls the next day or the day after and then repeat, that's going to be way easy for you to stick with than sending all 25 emails or all 50 emails and then trying to do 50 calls in one go. Yeah. Um, yeah. What's your experience been with sending the email and making the call? How have you found that process? I mean, the email is pretty okay. Once I sit down and I get in a rhythm, that's not too bad. The calls can be a little more time intensive, especially if I have to try to play the whole game of figuring out who I'm trying to get a hold of and how to finagle that. Uh, yes. So I think breaking up the calls especially would be helpful. And I also actually I also like the idea of breaking up both the f- calls and emails because there's still a little bit of fear and trepidation I'm having. So I think just working that muscle like, you know, five days a week instead of one, I think would be very helpful as a practice. Yeah, then hopefully it's something you look forward to rather than being the thing you dread. Because if you're dreading it, it comes across in your calls. The best time to make a sale is when you've just made a sale because you're full of confidence and energy. And the opposite of that is true. If you're feeling dread of making the calls, that's going to come through in the energy when you leave the voicemail or speak to the other person. Yeah, that makes sense. We've got to infect them with positive energy and belief. (laughs) Yes. Cool. So we have a plan. We have a strategy. Shall we check back in two weeks to see how it's going? Yes, that works for me. Excellent. So Christina, I love having you on the podcast. It's always interesting to hear how this goes. (laughs) And I am really excited to see what happens next with these three things. Just for the audience, remind us once more of your website so that people can check out your work. My website is freshprintmedia.com and it is a digital agency specializing in content creation for you know food and beverage. Awesome. So if you're listening to this and you have a food or beverage company, you know who to speak to. Christina, <laughs> you are a legend. Thank you very much for coming on the show and I'll speak to you in a couple of weeks. This sounds great. Thank you, Alan. It's interesting. When you look at growing a business, it takes consistent 
effort over a huge amount of time to win the sales. And I think that's the piece that people don't realize when they're building a business. They think they're going to do marketing and it's fixed. They think they're going to do sales and it's fixed. Marketing is not something you do once and then you stop. Sales is not something you do once and then you stop. It's something you do consistently. And we have this thing at Pop-Up Business School called No Zero Days. Maybe it has a little asterisk and it says Sunday off. But the idea is doing something small every day to grow your business. So how many sales emails are you sending each day? How many marketing messages are you sending each day? What are you doing to grow your business every single day? And it can be a mix of farming and hunting, but you need to do both. Because if you're not hunting for new business, if you're not going out there and finding clients, where is that lifeblood of new cash that comes into your business going to come from? Where does it come from? Like people expect business to just magically turn up and it doesn't in nearly every situation. You need to build a sales and a marketing machine that drives business into your business. There was a lot of businesses in business there. You know what I mean? It brings in new customers and fresh blood and all that stuff that's going to help your business grow. So are you going out and asking for referrals? Are you doing something every day that builds your business? Are you taking action? Are you farming your existing clients? And that's maybe a horrible term, but it just means calling them up and making friends and saying hi and checking in on them and asking them what else is going on, what they're working on, who else you should speak to. Are you sending cold emails? Are you ringing people? Those are the elements that are growing your business. So all I want to say to you is take daily action to grow your business and your sales. If you stop doing sales and marketing activity, you will eventually stop getting sales. What an episode. I hope you're enjoying the new coaching series with Christina. We've got so much more to come. I'm very excited about the next episode too. You've got a lot to experience on that one. And we're having a very interesting conversation over whether Christina should go full-time on her business or not. So tune into that. If you're enjoying the episodes, I really, really would love it if you would go and give us a review on iTunes or wherever it is, your favorite podcast piece of software. I would love it if you give us a review. It really helps in the rankings and for us to share the message because we want to help as many entrepreneurs as possible to build businesses doing something they love make their own money without debt. That's what we'd love to do. And thank you so much for tuning in and listening. Go out, build your business, have fun, make money and do good. You can have any life you want to. Choose to build something cool. Choose to take action. Choose to work to make your dreams become reality. Stand out. Be different. Be yourself. Be a rebel entrepreneur.